Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Sonia Leeson and you're listening to the Love Mondays podcast, The Power of Resilience, stories of struggle and success from inspiring entrepreneurs. In this series, I will be interviewing business leaders, entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about their incredible true life stories and how they overcame adversity to build a killer business that makes a real difference in the world. Stay tuned to learn more about their game-changing strategies which took them from struggle to success. Hi there everyone, my name is Sonia and I run Love Mondays, a business consultancy which focuses on fast growth culture for SMEs. Over the years we've built a model which grows our clients' businesses between 30 and 200% year on year and our strategies are designed to develop and streamline our clients' businesses right from lead all the way through to delivery. Over my years in business, I have been awarded Inspirational Female Entrepreneur and my story was actually sent out to female business owners to encourage them when they started up in business and tell my story so that more women would come into business and entrepreneurship. I was also nominated for a Women in Business Award and I'm also Business Advisor for Enterprise Nation where I help startup businesses to market themselves properly, get online, loads and loads of different advice. So outside of work, I'm also a coach and I do trauma release work. So what that involves is helping people release their stored traumas, which are creating their physical and mental illnesses. So I work with people with depression, cancers, life-limiting illnesses, addictions, anxiety, loads loads and loads of different things, which is really amazing. And I, I really feel blessed to be able to give something back. I also support homelessness charities and raise awareness of real issues, real social issues, such as poverty, addiction, mental health, depression, And this is something that I have personal experience of myself, which is why I really try hard to give something back. And I've got my own personal experiences and uh, my own story, which is also the reason why it inspired me to do this podcast, because I believe there's so many people out there who have got really, really amazing stories and that they've actually used that to to build their purpose, build their why and actually go on and make really, really incredible businesses which does something to give back and make a make a real difference in the world. So in my podcast, I'm going to be speaking to the real change makers, the entrepreneurs who really, really are put on this planet to make a difference and the impact entrepreneurs who even in, in small small ways or even huge ways they're aligning their business to and aligning their lives to ensuring that everything that they do not only feeds into their purpose and their own life stories but also goes on to help others that have been in that situation and you're going to hear from some really really amazing people we are interviewing a Paralympian gold medalist who has a really amazing story of getting to such a successful place in his life while being blind I'm also speaking to a guy brilliant brilliant guy who runs a wealth management company and he was actually homeless when he was younger and and does really well now 
I'm also speaking to a husband and wife team who run a software company that really give back and have some great purpose and some really, really, really clever ways to be able to give back. So yeah, I've also got somebody who worked in a really high profile business as in the leadership department and he left his corporate career to set up a coaching company which helps people with depression. So I want to share these stories with you because I believe it's so important and as I've been doing the marketing for this podcast, I've had so many people message me on LinkedIn, Facebook, social media, uh, drop me emails to say that actually so many people are ready to hear this. I think with the rise of social media, there are so many people out there who are really comparing themselves to people's versions of of life, which is never, ever true. I mean, you look at your competitors and you think, oh, my God, they're doing so much better than me. And, oh, my God, these people really seem to have their shit together. And I, I feel like I'm falling apart. Well, that's why I really wanted to start this podcast, because not only are we sharing our stories of struggle, not only are we sharing our stories of success, we're also saying that we're, we're really human. And we're also pulling together as a team to be able to say, look, this is how I got over my struggle. This is how I made my business and my life a success. And maybe you can take some of these tips that will go on and help you or get you through difficult times because we're all human and we all have difficult times. And so my own personal story feeds into this. Everyone says I need to write a book, which is in the pipeline and it is something that I am thinking about. So my story starts when I was eight years old. I had a really great childhood, but sadly my dad died when I was eight and some other things happened when I was was very, very young. And um, off the back of that, by the time I was 12, I was drinking really heavily. Ended up leaving home at 16 and I was pregnant by 17. So I found myself in hostels, uh, homeless hostels, on and off for about three years. Had to bring up my son in this hostel and it was not a very nice place. I mean, you do see hostels where they have support workers and integration back into society and things like that. There was none of that where I was. It was actually a hostel for drug addicts, women that were fleeing extremely abusive relationships. It was a halfway house for people coming out of prison. And so as you can imagine, it was not a place, not a great place for a 17 year old to be by herself, but also not a great place to be bringing up a baby. And I remember one of the the moments that really stands out in my mind is that there was a lot of screaming that used to go on and and I remember sleeping with my hands over my son's ears just so that he couldn't hear the screaming he you know I was trying to protect him from that so it really 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 was a dark dark place I remember another pivotal moment in that hostel was I was working in a packing factory and I was heavily heavily pregnant at this time and I used to have to leave the hostel at Uh, five o'clock in the morning to walk for an hour to get to work at six and I used to do my shift six till two do a couple of hours overtime and then I used to walk all the way back again back to the hostel and one morning I mean this was back in 2000 2001 so we didn't have mobile phones like we really do nowadays I uh, I thought oh I'll, I'll leave my phone I didn't have any credit anyway and yeah it's not like nowadays obviously where you're on Facebook and people are texting you and stuff I don't even think we had text messages back then so I decided to leave my phone in the hostel and I mean it was pitch dark like I said I was heavily pregnant it was pitch dark outside in a really really rough area and and I walked downstairs to go to my my packing job And I remember it was freezing outside, really, really cold. And I opened the front door to to leave. And there was a lady there and she had been slumped up against the front door. And she'd, she'd slit her wrists. As I opened the door, she actually fell 
fell at my feet, I noticed that she was holding her wrists together. So I thought she obviously wants to live because, you know, she was trying to stop the bleeding. But she'd been there through, throughout the night. And like I said, it was it was quite cold. I remember there was frost and she'd almost like frozen there with her wrists together. So I ran over the road to dial 999 and I said, you know, hi, I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm by myself. This lady's kind of tried to commit suicide. I just slit her wrists and sat on my doorstep. And they sent out an ambulance and... And the lady got taken away and, and um, thankfully she was okay. I saw her a couple of years later. But um, <laughs> so when I when I got into work, I was actually late. And uh, my boss at the time actually deducted my £5 timekeeping bonus that we used to get every week. So we used to get £5 if we were there on time. And my, my timekeeping bonus was actually taken from me because even though I explained I found somebody that had committed suicide and throughout all of my years, working in this you know all my years working no matter where it was no matter if it was a packing factory or anywhere I was never late I was always on time I was always the one doing overtime and I was always the one you know working really really hard and uh, yeah they so not only did I find a lady that had tried to kill herself they also deducted my wages and uh, being pregnant and in a hostel and only on £3.60 an hour because of my age you can kind of see that that £5 was quite uh, quite a big thing for me so Throughout my whole life, really, I have been taught how not to run businesses and how not to treat people. And I think that's been probably quite a good lesson to bring forward, certainly. So from there, I kind of worked my way all the way from homelessness to working in chip shops, packing factories, living on council estates with heroin addicts, criminals. You know, there was always things being broken into, flats set on fire, I had my flat set on fire once, which meant that I had to go back into the homeless hostel. Needles, you know, the, the whole thing. And over the years, you know, with my son, I worked my way up from there. I always worked three jobs, studied. Luckily, I've, I've always found education quite easily and left school with my GCSEs, but I did drop out of college because education just wasn't for me. I really wanted to get into the workplace. So I left college to go and watch Pops for 100 hours a week and, and work my way up from there. So I've really done everything you can you can ever dream of. I've cleaned hotel toilets and bedrooms and worked as a waitress, all sorts, bar work, anything really just to get by. And over the years, worked up in, and got into kind of nicer places to live and... Um, you know, it came with its own struggles. I had abusive relationships in that time because when you're living that life and not feeling too great about yourself, you do attract that type of person and and also you accept that kind of behaviour because you don't feel great about yourself anyway, so you accept a lot less, I think. So throughout it all, I've always I've always been able to fall back on my career. I've always been a little bit of a workaholic and I've always loved learning and Probably what got me through everything was that I had a deep knowing of my purpose. I really knew that my life was going to be for something and that something was going to be to be able to help and inspire others. And throughout everything, the depressed, you know, I was severely depressed. I had severe anxiety. I, was, I had psychosis and postnatal depression when my son was born. So I was, so I was suicidal. Um, I've had to work myself up out of that, which is why this now feeds into my coaching work where I just feel so blessed to be able to be in a position where I can help others and where I can... I think the reason why I love it so much is because I can 
empathize with people not from a place of sympathy but actually from a deep soul knowing of how that person is feeling and the experiences that they're going to be having in their lives because of how they're feeling inside and so I feel so blessed to be able to give back and so talking about my career I worked up to working in sales and advertising and sales and marketing and then got into advertising and did really really well at that I was always top sales I used to walk into any job smash it within a couple of months get really bored and leave after a year because it just didn't stretch me and and managers always just gave me more and more stuff to do so they were like oh Sonia's doing well let's let's just throw her some new client accounts that she can look after more and more and more people and we'll just rise her targets and I was just like this isn't you know this isn't doing anything for me like yeah I'm paying my bills and you know I'm hitting my bonus every month but really what am I getting out of this so 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 I couldn't do anything at the time you know I was a single mother and you know I had bills to pay and my son's dad has never given me any maintenance so it has really just been me and my income so I just kept going and going and like I said I got myself to a point where I was actually I was actually doing really well. I mean I got so good at sales that when I was working in advertising I didn't used to actually have to go to work to hit my my targets. I'd figured out which clients used to get a really really good return and just set them up on weekly recurring advertising. And because I got so many of them, effectively that was that was all of them put together that revenue was hitting my hitting my monthly target so I used to hit my target without actually even going into work and doing any any work but as you can imagine that just got really boring so again I left there another company I was I was actually looking after 15 monthly magazines and I used to work between advertising sales design the clients editorial uh, the planning departments and I used to to coordinate 15 monthly magazines and make sure, I think I looked after 1.3 million pound worth of advertising a year there and never had any mistakes, you know, I just got the process down to, it was just running on rails, I'd got it down to a part-time job and I was sitting there nine to five with nothing to do and I used to get bubble wrap on the floor and scoot my wheelie chair over it and just be an absolute pain in the neck in the office because I had nothing to do and I was really bored, put air horns underneath people's seats so when they sat down the air horn would go off and get mannequin arms, tape them underneath the desk so when somebody scooted their chair in it used to poke them in the stomach. (laughs) I mean, it was an absolute nightmare but I was completely bored. And so I went to my operations director and I said, look, I've got this job down to part-time hours, I'm just messing around for the rest of the time. My son was young at the time so I was paying for breakfast club and I was paying for after school club and I wasn't seeing him I was never at home so I said look can I get my hours down to part-time and can I leave at you know three four o'clock instead of staying here till five so that I can pick my son up from school I'll still do a full-time job I'll even deduct my wages if you want me to uh, but I'll still do a full-time job in part-time hours it would just really help me if I could be a little bit more flexible and, and be at home with my son anyway my operations director came back and said no and uh yeah so as you can imagine I left and they had to uh, take on somebody else and unfortunately that business has gone under now and again it was just yet another lesson of how not to treat people and how not to run businesses and that actually you do need to be a little bit more flexible I think so anyway I just carried on and carried on and carried on and then one day in 2012 my son Ben he uh he, he said, Ma, I've just been sick. He was about 11 at the time. 
and I just expected it to to really be a a stomach bug you know you think oh you know kids they bounce back in 24 hours he'll be running around eating chocolate again but um he just got worse and worse so over 10 weeks he had extreme sickness and diarrhea I mean I could just see him dying in front of me he was just getting worse and worse and um, I was still trying to work my manager at the time was really piling the pressure on if anybody's ever worked in advertising you know about the dead you know really tough deadline driven environments and yeah I was getting a lot of pressure from work and I was working from home and trying to take him to appointments with me and he was just so ill I mean I had to carry him to the toilet and the doctors were doing nothing the hospital was doing nothing kept sending me home sending me home and it got to the point where he was actually blind and paralyzed so over three months he just got so bad and his little body was just so you know not coping and so ill that he was actually blind and paralyzed and it was ascending paralysis so it started at the at the feet and the legs and moved up into the knees moved up into the elbows and then moved into his body so his respiratory muscles failed and then finally moved all the way up the body until his his eyes went and he went blind so at this point the hospital finally took me seriously sent him for brain scans I thought he had a brain tumor thought he had lesions on the brain none of that they couldn't find any of that which in a lot of ways was actually worse because sometimes you just want to know what it is so that you can find a way to fix it, but not knowing, it was really, really tough. And eventually it was found out to be something called Miller-Fisher syndrome, which is extremely rare variant of Guillain-Barre, which is basically the same as MS. So his immune system was fighting so hard, the stomach infection, that it just gone haywire and started attacking his own body and started attacking his nervous system. So as you can imagine, I was not in a great place and um, I was focusing all of my energy on getting Ben well. So I lost my job, lost my house, everything that I've worked for, gone. And on top of that, my son, you know, was practically on his deathbed. I remember sleeping at the side of his bed, holding his hand when he was going blue, his respiratory muscles were failing. And uh, I was just holding his hand thinking, you know, he's, he's never going to wake up the next morning. And every day was just a minute by minute having to get through it. And so off the back of that, um, I had severe agoraphobia, OCD, hypochondria. I was convinced I was getting tumours in my legs and all sorts of stuff. Like my mental health, I was, it was just horrendous and suicidal. I just couldn't carry on. I don't know how I got through it, to be honest, but I did. And then um, slowly, slowly, doctors were liaising with specialists because nobody in their medical career had ever seen Miller-Fisher syndrome it was so rare so that's why it took them so long to diagnose it and there was a day in probably July August time where they had been hooked up to intravenous steroids for five days and uh, I just thought I can't do this you know I can't I can't watch him go through this there's got to be another way so I set about researching it and doing everything that I could to find out about the nervous system, find out about emotional triggers, dietary triggers, anything that was a, a, attacking the, the immune system, attacking the stomach, all of this kind of stuff. So over about two years of rehabilitation, I, I discharged him from the consultant and went about rehabilitating him myself so we had postural analysis strength and conditioning coaches physiotherapists pilates deep trauma work he really really i was feeding him silver water probiotics you name it anything to kind of get him better and over the years he uh he finally got better he had six months off school and like i said lost my job lost my house 
So I had to start all over again. So in 2013, I did the only thing that I knew how to do, which was go back to work and got some great experience working for a smaller business. And it was uh, run by two guys, two directors. So I absolutely loved it there. We grew that business over about a year, opened up a new office in Manchester. It was really great. I learned loads. And then after that, I just thought... Why am I building myself up again in someone else's business? Why am I starting from nothing all over again for somebody else? And on the 27th of February 2014, two years after my son had first got ill, I uh, I walked out of my job. <laughs> I had nothing. I had no money. Uh, I was a single mom. I had no idea. I had no idea what I was going to do. And so I just thought, well, got to make this work. So I did. I went waitressing evenings and weekends to keep the money coming in. And in the day, I was getting up at five in the morning, going to breakfast networking events, coming back at, at seven, eight o'clock in the morning, taking my son to school, working on my business in the day, cooking my son's food, dropping him off at a friend's or he was going to my mum's or, you know, wherever he needed to go. And then I was going waitressing at six o'clock until 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, again, waitressing at weekends. And I actually did that for seven months until I got to the point where I was just like absolutely exhausted. It took about six months to get over that. And uh, it was a, it was a brave thing to do, but I decided, you know, enough's enough. I can, um, I can make my own enough money here to kind of pay my own wages. And so the first year I did 21 courses certified with DISC Psychometrics, Five Behaviours of a Cohesive Team, did loads of loads of work on uh, human behaviour, personal developments. Really threw myself into trauma work to get myself over my depression, my anxiety. I still struggled with panic attacks. Like, you know, I was really struggling to drive because body was just in overdrive. Really, just because of all of the uh, all of the stuff that I had to deal with. And so, I yeah threw myself into it. Every podcast, every book, every person I spoke to was either a therapist or somebody who was. I, I did sound therapy, Reiki, journey therapy, EFT, all sorts. I, I tried the the Western approach through the NHS through CBT, and it just didn't it didn't work for me. I just knew that that wasn't the answer. So I set about finding the answer. And when you come at something, kind of thinking what's the cure when you look at it with the lens of how to cure this not if I can cure this I think it just changes the way you come at things you come at things with a very different manner it becomes about finding the root cause for a resolution rather than just masking the symptoms and I knew that this time I just turned 30 when I started my business I knew that this was this was my time you know I'd struggled for so many years and I just I got to the point where I just didn't want, I got tired of going through the same shit. I just, I needed to just make some real kind of changes to my own belief systems, my own behaviours, everything. I needed to understand this at a real core deep level for me to be able to move on from it all and not only move on from it all, but also help others. And so that's what I did. I had four years of really intense, intense therapy which has just been the most incredible experience. I mean, I remember the day my depression went and, and I've never, ever, ever had a depressive episode since. And I remember lying on my bed and the sun was shining through my window and I'd just never noticed the sun before. And there was 
there were there were trees outside blowing in the wind and it was making the sunlight you know move move around on my face and it was so warm I remember it the, the sky was just so blue and I just opened my eyes and I knew in that moment I was I was in the world I was I was in this world rather than being in my own internal you know depressive struggle I was I was actually in this world and, and the trees were were blowing and the and the sky was blue and it was just something I'd never noticed before, you know. I'd never, I'd never been in this world, and since that day, I've just had this feeling of gratitude um, that I've just, I've carried with me every day. You know, it's never gone. My my addictions got, I've gone. Never had another panic attack. I've never had another depressive episode. And I knew then that I'd found the answer to, to being able to help others. And so all of this work now feeds into my business model. So because I have such a deep understanding of people and and I always did really well in sales and marketing and advertising anyway so that's a big part of our business but because I have such a deep understanding of human behavior it just brings another level to what I can offer to my clients and so from lead to delivery we really focus on the people side of business so how to how to communicate to them where to communicate to them how to convert them, um, how to lower your spends, and then also how to look after them. So how how do you look after your staff? How do you structure your teams? How do you make sure that you've got the right personalities in the right jobs? And when you streamline everything like this, business soars, profit soars, because not only does the business owner have their purpose back, but so do your staff members too. We really tap into people's unconscious competence and what I mean by that is, I always say to people, what do you do that makes you forget to look at the clock? Like, what is that thing that you love to do that you think, oh my God, three hours has just passed and I had no idea. And so when you get yourself as a business owner and when you get your team aligned to your unconscious competence, everything just improves. Morale improves, productivity improves. People are working to their purpose. You attract the right type of clients. Clients pay their bills on time because they're also aligned to your purpose and your your vision and your why. You attract clients easily because you stand out in your market. You're not competing on price. No one can compete with you when you are living your passion and doing what you do in such a unique way that there is no competition. So you really cut through in a noisy marketplace and attract the right type of client and and everything else just falls into place you know profits increase we've developed over 200 jobs for our clients in the last four or five years we've grown one client by so they started at four staff nearly had to close their business and we've got them up to 25 staff now and we're now ready to take them up onto the next level we've structured their senior management teams and we've really got the right types of people in the right jobs so I mean they still have their struggles it's always going to be the you know business is never a walk in the park but for the most part that you know they've got low staff turnover they've got great conversion figures it just it just makes things so much easier and i truly believe that in life it's all content you know you shouldn't you shouldn't start a business just for a whim it should really feed into the content of your life and you should find a way to be able to turn your adversity into authority because I really don't believe that just starting a business nobody just starts a business for fun you know it's tough it's hard you have to have something to get you through if it's something that you're interested in you'll just do what's convenient but actually if you're truly committed you'll do what it takes and so 
I try and dig into why, why are you committed? What is your life story? And hopefully by me sharing my life story with you, you'll be able to see how and why I am so passionate about my business and why I am so driven to help others get out of poverty because I've been there myself, you know, I've been low paid, I've, I've struggled with getting out of the benefit trap. And probably the way that I have got through is knowing that that it's been my purpose. I do truly believe that purpose carries you through the hardest of times. I've had a deep knowing that it's been my life's purpose to help others and I had to go through that to help them from a real place of empathy. And so I work really hard with my clients to be able to align their life purpose and their their life experiences into a business which helps people create jobs in the local market. It helps people get off low paid positions. I mean, there's a shocking statistic in the UK that 55% of people in poverty in this country are actually in paid employment. So if you think about that, 55% of people are in paid employment and they're going to be generally parents. They're going to be people who are working in lower paid positions, maybe part-time positions. And so you think to yourself, how many of your members of staff are going home not being able to afford to heat their house or feed their children? You know, How can someone be productive at work when they're going home worrying about what they're going to feed their children? They just can't, you know, that amount of pressure and stress, they're not going to be able to focus on on work. There's so many far reaching benefits to growing profitable and sustainable businesses. And this is why I feel so passionately about it, because I've lived it myself. And so nothing pleases me more when I get to help grow my clients' business sustainably and create jobs and help them align to their why and their passion. And then they can align their business to different charities. And it's just that ripple effect. And so the best thing, the best way I've, I've ever learned to do this is thanks to Daniel Priestley on Dent. He's got this really incredible idea of aligning your business to a United Nation global goal. So the United Nation global goals, I think there's 15 of them. And they really cover some of the the biggest issues that we have in the world today. And it's everything from education, the environment, poverty, hunger. And there'll really be something there that everybody can can get behind and, and want to support. And so I've aligned my business with global goal number one, which is no poverty. And so off the back of that, I really work with businesses who feed into that. I work with businesses who are able to have that ripple effect, which makes a change. And I really also support charities, which feed into that too. So I help a street kitchen in Worcester. I donate to food banks in, in Worcester, which is where I, where my business is. I also took part in the CEO sleep out this year and a group of us helped raise £40,000 for local home listeners charities so even if it's in a tiny small way there are always ways that you can find to align with something that really really touches your your kind of sole purpose and that's what this podcast is going to be about we were talking to some really really incredible business owners about how they've overcome struggle and how they've used that struggle to feed into their business successes and feed and and their purpose what got them through what got them through that struggle and hopefully you will all as listeners be able to find some really great takeaways we try and make these podcasts as informative as possible as well as telling people's life stories we try and make it as informative as possible so that you can go away and 
really learn something and implement something into your business which will really make a difference and so if you would like to share your story with me or if you'd like to talk to me you can follow us on social media you can email me directly our website is www.wearelovemondays.co.uk we are on facebook at love mondays hq twitter at love mondays hq instagram at love mondays hq you can see a theme here so i'd love for you to all get in touch and share with me your stories and i really really hope that you enjoy enjoy the podcast and that it brings you some kind of clarity some kind of purpose some kind of support through the struggle and i really really hope that it will help you align everything so that you too can go on and create profitable and sustainable businesses watching you watching you watching you